0: This is Cover Story with Stephanie Shanahan It's a show where I have conversations with folks about the song covers we all love and examine the stories behind why we like them. I'm interested in uncovering the covers, the personal stories about how we connect with these great songs and what these songs mean to our lives. Ultimately, of course, I'd love to get my guests to tell us which version they prefer and to defend their choice. Today's episode, takes us back to the 1960s, when the Supremes recorded their original song, You Can't Hurry Love" in
1: 1966.
0: Nearly two decades later and across the pond, Phil Collins released a cover of the song in 1982. It oozes British rock but it's still a true remake that aims to replicate that 60s sound. It's the version my guest Tom Flynn holds dear. Tom has been at the University of Maryland for more than 30 years. He's the Assistant Vice President for Administration for the Division of Student Affairs. For him and many others, the memory of You Can't Hurry Love is intertwined with the beginning of MTV, and the way music videos can arguably enhance a musical experience. We talked about the power of song and memory. The Supremes and Phil Collins released the song for two different generations. But we all know a little something about the hope and sometimes the heartache of being young and wanting love. And like always, we decide which artist sang the song best. Enjoy this conversation of Cover Story with me, Stephanie Shonikon. So welcome, Tom Flynn, to Cover Story. It seems like every season I have a guest who I have never met, (laughs) and this is a a chance for us to get to know each other, but also what has brought us together is this love of music and uh, an interest in talking about a particular song. So when I heard about you Tom I was like, "Oh, Tom would be a great guest <laughs> because um you had listened to a number of, of the episodes and had some some great feedback and then I reached out and you immediately had some some different choices that you were thinking about and then you chose the one." So Tom, what are we going to talk about? What's the song?
1: Today, we're going to talk about You Can't Hurry Love by The Supremes and Phil Collins.
0: I was was so excited when you said that's the one, because it's a song that, like most people know, you know, it, it charted well, not only in the U.S., but across the world. And because we're looking at The Supremes, 1966, and Phil Collins, 1982, I think a lot of our audience will... Um, remember them both and some may remember one over the other just based on who they are and where they en- encountered this song first, but it's a really popular song. Um, but I do want to start with you, Tom. So tell me a little bit, bit about yourself and about how you came to the love of music.
1: Ah, uh, Sure, so um, I was raised on the radio. Uh,
0: where Where were you raised?
1: All over the place. I would say when I first became aware of music and was old enough, like 10 years old, mm. you, you start getting into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were living in Puerto Rico. OK, like in Puerto Rico, we would have our English language station that we would listen to, mm-hmm. but then we would also have the Spanish language stations Great. we would listen to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, then we moved again and then we were in Miami for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to the Middle East.
0: Where? And where in the Middle East? In Bahrain.
1: In? And so in Bahrain, we had two English language stations. Mm -hmm. One was um, a British bent; it was out of Bahrain, Mm -hmm. and one was out of Aramco in Saudi Arabia, which was more Mm American-focused. And so we listened to the radio all the time. But then I also had uh, my parents' record collection.
0: Mm.
1: And so when we had a record player, I would pull out their stuff. And then um, when I was like 12 years old, we were still in Puerto Rico, my next-door neighbors, they moved and uh, she was a teenager going off to college, mm-hmm. I think. And she gave me her 45 collection, which was early 70s
0: rock-focused.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got David Bowie, uh-huh. um, Grand Funk okay. Railroad. Yeah. So I got exposed to a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Including a lot of the British rock.
1: British rock. Mm-hmm. Well, especially, mm-hmm. and I was a teen of the 80s. Mm-hmm. so. Um, so. So it was the New Wave, um, mm-hmm. the British Invasion That's stuff right. before it invaded the States.
0: <laughs> That's mm-hmm. great. And and so how do you how do you what's your relationship with music now? Because I I think our relationship with music changes and evolves over time. You know, I it think does. I think it we start off as teenagers really loving a particular kind of music for you it was through the radio and records and then it evolves as as mm-hmm. life happens and so on so where are you now with music
1: you know as as we get older and especially now with the with the change in technology it's harder to keep up mm-hmm. with music i know um and my commute isn't long so i listen to the radio but I, I rely on um the amazon music logarithm they have it every monday they have a discovery oh, channel mm. so it's interesting to see what amazon thinks i'm interested in <laughs> uh, so so that's kind of how i discover mm-hmm. new music mm-hmm. and sometimes i think the algorithm is
0: is on point and sometimes <laughs> like hmm, yeah. i wonder what what
1: did what did i do to get on to get <laughs> this yes, exactly yes. right uh-huh. exactly
0: right um all right so now we are zeroing on your choice. Um, and so let's now talk about You Can't Hurry Love, um, which, of course, came out in 1966 The Supremes, Diana Ross, Cindy Birdsong, Berts, and Mary Wilson. Yes. Um, and it's the height of Motown. Motown is on the rise, it's the epitome of the sound of Motown. And then, of course, Phil Collins then covers it when he goes solo, um, and that comes out in 1982. So tell me, t- Tom, I'm really interested in why you th- chose this song. Why, what does it mean to you?
1: So I, I chose the song, uh, it was the Phil Collins that kind of led me to choose the song because I was in the car going through the list of s- possibilities yeah, with yeah. you, and this wasn't mm-hmm. even on the list of mm-hmm. possibilities, but it came on on the radio, mm-hmm. and it, the Phil Collins version is a song that takes me back to a specific mm. moment in time. It was the first video I saw on MTV.
0: <laughs> I see. And, okay.
1: and so I, I was immediately uh, you know, a 15-year-old <laughs> um, standing in a certain place, and uh, I thought, oh. This is what music can mm. do for you and to you, and it, and it, and like you said earlier, when it comes into your life, mm-hmm. it came into my life at a very um, you know crucial period. Mm. Um, I had uh, we had, it was my first trip back to the states after being moved um, to the Middle East, mm-hmm. and I wasn't particularly kind about <laughs> being moved to the Middle East. Mm. I was 15 years old. Oh,
0: that's a tough time. And it was to kind move. of
1: jarring, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and it was our first trip back, and it was almost immediately we were at my cousin's house and saying hi, the excitement of being back in the States. And there was this was on, on the T V channel, on the TV, and I said, What is that? And it's like this Oh new thing, MTV. And it was Phil Collins playing. And um, you know, my thought was not, Oh, that's a great song, it was oh another thing I'm missing. Oh. from the States. <laughs> yes. As time progresses, things soften. So it. I hear the bump, 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 Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: it takes me back to that minute, Mm -hmm. but now it represents kind of it was a period of transition because at that point in time, I didn't know how good things were going to get. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of the the mark that yes, I'm no longer in my old life, Mm -hmm. and I had started a new life, Mm -hmm. and it was a, a change in... You know, music and videos, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I didn't have MTV, mm-hmm. but I had Top of the Pops. Yeah. Um, I remember Top of the Pops. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, it, it it so it makes me feel a certain way when I first hear it, and then I appreciate what came after mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. The, the the feeling doesn't rain. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's always there in your heart. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And your little 15-year-old heart.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Um,
0: is there anything about the lyrics that... Um, affected you as a 15-year-old who's impatient with your parents?
1: So at the time, lyrically, no, it didn't. No, of course It, not. Okay, it didn't mean a lot <laughs> to me. Right, right, But you, 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 the tone of the song, it, it, it feels like he's talking to himself, mm-hmm. that he's giving himself a bit of a pep talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it's kind of prophetic, you yeah. know, that you, you can't hurry up the process. And now I look back, it was like, a the universe telling the, the first song I saw on MTV and all the lost I felt at the time. Mm-hmm. But now yeah. I look back and smile mm-hmm. when I hear the song and, you know, I'm fond about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It brings back fond memories, although yourself at that moment was you were, you know, not quite sure what was what was coming next. Right. No.
1: And when you're 15 years old, time feels like it moves so slowly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, within the next three years, I was going to be in college. Yeah.
0: That's true. Um, and you were yeah. coming back here for college.
1: I went to college in Washington, D.C. There yes. you go. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and, and just so much happens in the next three years. Yeah. But when you're 15, you, you don't know. You don't about know about that. You, you want it know. now. Yes. And the yes. song
0: is saying, you can't hurry, love, trust. Give it time. No, you just have- What do you think of the 1966 version? Or when were you aware that Phil Collins had covered a song by the Supremes?
1: Uh, Well, the minute I walked into that that TV room and I heard the song, that was Mm -hmm. the first time I had even heard that he had Mm -hmm. covered the song. Mm -hmm. So of course the song was, um, you know, a Supreme song. Mm -hmm. You know, I associate the Supremes with my parents. You know, Mm -hmm, it was one of of those record, it was in the record collection. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about the Supremes is that whenever they came on, my mom would say, oh, we saw them in um, whatever club in New right. York City uh-huh. they were. Wow. Um, you know, when you're 15, you're like, that's not nice, small. <laughs> but then as you get older, you think about um, your parents' courtship. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my mom had moved from a small city to New York City mm-hmm. and making a life, and she was in her early 20s. Mm-hmm. And so as I got older, yeah. it became more an association with, oh, they were... They were young and they
0: were free-spirited,
1: going out in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so it brings back happy connotations and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just thinking about the, the two kids yeah, it's lovely. You know. uh-huh. Isn't
0: that wonderful? The, the, the thing I love about this, this, our little podcast, is that we get to um, look at a song that has lived such a long life and the life has been um, extended because of the cover. So with Phil Collins, that's you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you in your teenage years, coming of age, all of that. But The Supremes is your is your parents. Yes. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Tell me about what you think about when you when or what you hear when let's talk about the Phil, Phil Collins sure. version mm-hmm. first. What do you hear in the Phil Collins version? What does he do to it?
1: Um, so I think Phil Collins he he does a pretty faithful remake of the song. He does it's not mm-hmm. a, a reinterpretation That's of the right. song. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe because he's a man and his voice is lower, it, it feels a, a little more urgent mm-hmm. and, and not as joyful, um, and more like he's talking to himself and it's more an inner voice mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, like I said, I think he's he's been faithful. What I like about the song. Um, what catches me is I'm a sucker for the strings. Oh. And so the, you know, the, string, mm-hmm. the strings that he uses mm-hmm. um, to enhance, because he doesn't have the Supremes behind that's him right. with, with their vocals. So no, he needs he he something to <laughs> right. enhance, but just himself. Mm-hmm. And so that's what catches me mm-hmm. about the song too. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of singing in the background. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah you're, you're joining his background, yeah, he's yeah, his yeah. backup group. Um, also, be- because he's a drummer, he he brings that 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 drum beat comes from the beginning to, to to the end, which is I think what makes it so different. You know, he brings something to it that's very percussive. The tambourines are still there, and of course we know that the tambourines are all throughout the the Supremes version, which was very Motown. Um, but the drum kind of mutes the tambourines out.
1: It does. And mm-hmm. I actually had to listen to it to see if mm-hmm. they were still there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because the tambourines are the ones that really hold the beat. Yes, exactly. with exactly. And I think that's what makes it lighter for the Supreme's yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There's something that you said, Tom, about Phil Collins' version feeling much more introspective, you know, like he's talking to himself, not as joyful because he's thoughtful, right? Um, did the video? Does the video convey that as well? Because it's all Phil Collins <laughs> yes. in the video, right?
1: It does, and the way that it's it's in a kind of a black box mm-hmm. with the lighting, it, mm-hmm. it it feels like the the movie motif where you see people their inner minds. Yes, it's it's kind of. That technique mm-hmm. that they use. So, yeah. yes.
0: And he's talking to himself and himself, he's responding, right? Yes. It's like a call and, and response, but it's all Phil Collins. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that does make a difference. This is Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikov. We'll be right back.
1: Hi, I'm Erin Hay. Some of our favorite moments at KBIA come from producing conversations just like these, the ones that make you pause, laugh, and wonder. And this fall, we're releasing brand new episodes of our award-winning podcast, including Cover Story, High Turnout, Wide Margins, and our newest show, Canned Peaches. You can find this Cover Story episode and more online at kbia.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Cover Story with Stephanie Shanahan. Now, back to my conversation with Tom Flynn. We're talking about the song "You Can't Hurry Love." How would you describe Diana Ross's um, voice in this in this song?
1: Light is not exactly mm-hmm. the word, but it's it's hopeful. She's mm. more. There's more hope. Mm. to the tone of her Mm -hmm. voice Mm -hmm. and she enunciates, like there's a clear effort to enunciate the the words that she's saying, I think. Mm -hmm. And it feels like to me she's talking to me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's, It's more... You know, I, it feels like she's saying, "Hey, I know you're having a tough time. Yeah. We're all in it together," and so it makes it makes the song more universal mm-hmm. right, right. And, and and more inviting into it.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, and she, the visual is, I mean, she's smiling through it. You through know, it. Uh-huh. like love is tough, but we're gonna get through. You yes. know, yes. Um, and I love I, li- I I really appreciate your use of the word light. Um, not and it's it's not a it's not a derogatory word it's a it's a it's light and breathy you know and Mm -hmm. and very almost um, youthful you know her her voice if you compared a Diana Ross to let's say an Aretha Franklin voice Mm -hmm. very different
1: yes it is
0: but also um, Cindy Birdsong and Mary Wilson had lovely voices as well Mm -hmm. and harmonized beautifully behind Diana Ross so so, Tom, I'm really interested to, to hear you talk about how um, You Can't Hurry, Love, how it sits within that time and the other songs of that time. So we have folks like Stevie Wonder, um, Marvin Gaye, they're all on, on Motown, they're all making music um perhaps not as early as as that but they're all they're all at at Motown but the songs that came out in 1966 were songs like Yellow Submarine uh-huh. um by by the Beatles um and the Beatles were that was a big year f- for the Beatles Eleanor Rigby also came out that year talk about how um the Supremes sit with the music of that time
1: That's interesting you know cuz the songs that you mentioned from the Beatles, they were clearly in transition from their early 60s mm-hmm. to the, you know, the, the, the psychedelic
0: mm-hmm.
1: age. And when I think of Motown and, the, and some of them, the, the, the Supremes and the Constancy of some of the girl group sounds, mm-hmm. they kind of extend the transition a little. Mm-hmm. So it's more it's comfortable to people who aren't comfortable with where Regular rock and pop is mm-hmm. going, and mm-hmm. so I think that helps extend that transition mm-hmm. a bit. But then the Motown folks—they all started to transition too. That's when true. you get into mm-hmm. the, the Marvin Gaye, and mm-hmm. it feels like it became a little more soulful.
0: Yes, and a little more socially conscious with the civil rights mm-hmm. movement Absolutely. happening. Absolutely,
1: and um, so they provided a little more comfort to people mm-hmm. who weren't comfortable with mm-hmm.
0: change. Mm-hmm. And I, I think
1: that when you create Um, and I hate to use the word product, but Mm -hmm. you say that with the boy bands and the girl bands, Mm -hmm. where there's a consistency, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it provides comfort Mm. to people. Mm. And so he was able to do that. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. And then when we jump over to 1982 with Phil Collins, he's on on Virgin Records and the music that's coming out at that at that time is probably the the music that you were also into. So yes. the police, um, every breath I take, came out that same year. Um, let's see what else. David Bowie's Let's Dance came out that same year. Michael Jackson's Beat It, right? Yes. So so how does how does Phil Collins then come into that um, that spectrum?
1: Um, so. For me, in, you know, 82, 83, so it was a period where there was, that was like the popular Mm -hmm. music of the time. And Phil Collins was, he was starting out his solo career, I think it was his second Mm -hmm. album, and uh, You Can't Hurry Love. It
0: was his second album, yeah.
1: Um, It was different because I think um, Something in the Air came out Mm -hmm. before, and it was a a bit of a departure from where he had been, Mm -hmm. and... There were a lot of like breakup y type songs. Mm-hmm. I think he was going through something then.
0: Mm.
1: And then you would never have guessed where he was going with the love songs. Like mm-hmm. he became the love song ballad. No. Um, but at, at that time too, I was discovering. Uh, British music because we were in uh, New Wave was mm-hmm. was there and the British charts were a bit more eccentric than mm-hmm. the American charts, so you had the stalwarts like the Police and everything, mm-hmm. but then you'd have Group Culture Club was just coming oh, up at the Culture time. Club. I think they came out um, with
0: something that year too.
1: Uh, Probably, mm-hmm. like, do you really want to hurt yes, me Yes, I something? think that came out that year. Um, mm-hmm. Bananarama, mm-hmm. the, those groups were appearing at the same time, so it was They're just... all
0: quite different, yeah. Yes, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just a, a, a cascade of different kinds mm-hmm. of sounds mm-hmm. and uh, music, and it was fun.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, I want to turn to the actual song and and the lyrics and ask how, you know, how has this song stood the test of time for you personally? You know, is it, are these words in this song, um, do they live on? Like how, how? How has love been for you, Tom? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they live on nothing, everything takes time. Yes, exactly. It does, you know and it, it's the, the lyrics are universal mm-hmm. and they're spot on. and' it's, it's hard for me to separate my 15 year old self from the Phil Collins song. Yeah, yeah. So but it has made me think about how things have changed mm. and like where I was then. And I don't feel that way now. and Mm -hmm. so. But when I hear it for a split second, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. then I think, oh, think about all the wonderful things that came after
0: that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how tough is that for us as human beings to just pause, you know, and just be calm and just wait, you know, because we always want, and particularly in these days where we want to rush things, you know, Um, it's such a a, a story story. a, a cautionary note about impatience yes know, yeah and <laughs> against that, impatience.
1: and that's one of my most frequent pieces of advice to people yeah. um, as just take a step back for a minute mm-hmm, you
0: mm-hmm.
1: know and I wish you knew that way back when. <laughs> no, I know <laughs> but every scenario mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so um, I love I love the conversation, but I always have to wrap it up by going to. The verdict. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. so, um, so Tom, you've you've heard this show. You know, we I I ask you to imagine a spectrum of one to one hundred, and you're going to give some to f- the Supremes. You know, Diana Ross and the Supremes, um, 1966, and then you're going to give some of that to Phil Collins, 1982. Um, so, over to, to you. What's your verdict on this?
1: What's my verdict? I think this. Because the Supremes did it first, and he wasn't trying to remake it; he was trying to honor and mm-hmm. um, emulate it. Um, that puts them over the balance. And I think when I want to hear the song, mm-hmm. I'll go to the Supremes version.
0: You will. I will. Interesting.
1: I like. I like when. I wasn't the,
0: expecting you to say that.
1: No, when I think I, I want to be happy and light. Oh, okay. Sure. I like. I like it when Phil Collins pops up in a playlist okay. or on the radio. I don't know that I would actively look for it though. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Although I do, do love those strings in there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> i
1: probably do um, 70 Supremes, 30 Phil Collins. Really? Yeah.
0: This is turning out to be a very surprising season. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you always think that the one that caught your attention first is the one that, that you would go with. Mm-hmm. But but I, I think I'm going to agree with you. I think I'm going to give it um, 65 to um, The Supremes because again I'm a huge Diana Ross fan so actually I'm going to go with 70 yeah. <laughs> I I love her so much I hear she's still singing yeah. well into her 80s sounds pristine you know that voice is still girlish it's still it's still young and bright and and um, and Really hopeful is what is the word that, that you use. Yeah.
1: No, the song is like part of our our lives. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's it's mm-hmm. there. So mm-hmm. it may not have caught my attention, but it's always mm-hmm. been there it's always been and there. floating there. And mm-hmm. you are right about Diana Ross. You mm-hmm. just she set the standard and it's yeah. it's her song mm-hmm. and Phil Collins I think he did great homage he to did it. He did
0: great and I I'm glad that he didn't like go crazy with it. He just Brought his drums in because he's a drummer, mm-hmm. um, and his lovely voice, and kept it true. I think even the production of the song—you you can hear it—it's not super produced as many of the songs were being were being done in the eighties. He really keeps it.
1: No, he, his only embellishment mm-hmm. was. Was, you know, the strings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, your lovely strings. <laughs> My lovely strings. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I really appreciate this chance to talk to you about this song. I'm glad you you chose this song because um, it's, it's a song that I also love. I love that your parents were listening to, to this song too. And hopefully, the next generation will, I will, hope so will too. keep yeah. listening yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, thank you, Tom. Of for course. On.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: That's it for this week's episode of Cover Story with Stephanie Shonikon, where we're talking about the songs we love, the stories behind them, and how they live on through covers. You can find more about this podcast on Twitter at KBIA and at Vox Mag, and in the current issue of Vox Magazine. Next time, we're taking on a classic heartbreak song, Lately with my friend and sister Dean, Kimberly Griffin. It's so sweet, yet so sad, and we'll decide who pulls on our heartstrings more, Stevie Wonder or Jodeci. That's next time on Cover Story with Stephanie Shanahan. Cover Story with Stephanie Shanahan is produced by Caitlin McElwain, Janet Saidi, Ryan Formuliner, Erin Hay, with me, Stephanie Shanahan. Special thanks to Nat Kuhn, recording engineer at the University of Maryland. Want to talk about your favorite cover song? Come find us on Twitter at KBIA and at VoxMag. We'd like to hear what you're listening to and what dueling cover songs you might have in your rotation right now. That's it for this episode of Cover Story with Stephanie Shonakan. See you next time.